Welcome to the Phantom Zone. Hello, in this week's episode, first is facade. Teenage plastic surgery leads to fear toxin type hallucination. Then, in Devoted, when Clark tries to play football again, the cheerleaders create a love potion that goes terribly wrong. Or right. This is the Smallville Chronicles. Hello again, I'm Lou Gonzalez. Joining me as always is Alan Muir. Hello, hello. Um, so this week, our second week into season four, we get a pair of bad episodes. Bad episodes. Very I would say the first one is definitely more like quote unquote problematic um <laughs> than the second one. The second one's just like pretty just pretty much just like garbage filler, except for I feel like the very end of it. Or like I guess it's like the side. It's, except for the Jason Teague stuff, it is like just a waste of an episode. The first one is much more of the I don't know. Like it's still like freak of the week, but I feel like it does like a better job of like cementing who Lois is in this world. Yeah, yeah. So this. So let's start with facade. Uh, basically, we flash back all the way to season one. And we get the last time we will ever see Whitney. And basically, uh, Lana Lang is on top of, like, the dunk take. And Whitney's like, oh, Clark, you should dunk her. And before he can throw the football... He gets, uh, we get that sweet effect of kryptonite. Yeah, the kryptonite necklace. And then the mascot shows up. And then instead, one of the players takes off the head of the crow, revealing that it's the... Uh, it's basically someone who low in the totem pole. Yeah, I was going to say, like, it's, like, terribly over-exaggerated that, like, the geekiness. I don't even know if that's the right term. Like, she's, it's, her name is Abigail Fine, and she is, of course, like, fine, because it's got to be. And they call her Scabby Abby because she suffers from insane acne. Like, it's very, like, it's so over the top. And obviously they, like, make fun of her. And Clark's like, hey, don't be a dick because he's Clark. And then she runs away crying. And then we cut to she is talking to her mom. And her mom's like, well, I have this new thing. And don't worry about it. And she's like laying on an examination table and says that senior year will be different. And then it's her mom's table, who is a plastic surgeon. And we see, I'm trying to remember, is this where we see the thing drop down for the first time? The like Iron Maiden looking thing? Yeah. So it's like a clear plastic full body. And by Iron Maiden, like the old torture device where there's just like a ton of needles in it. But there are needles full of kryptonite stuff. And basically they're going to inject her entire body. So we finally cut back to current day, senior year. Clark's in the barn doing his stuff. Uh, He's throwing the ball, daydreaming about being a quarterback at Met U. Lois shows up and is like, wow, you're like really good. Why aren't you on the team? And he's like, well, you know, and then we get the awesome uh, reintroduction of General Lane showing up, which starts in a really funny side plot that only lasts like three or four episodes, I think. Well, it, it sort of pays. They sort of pay off the episode or they pay off this whole thing in the season 10 and season 10 with yes, like, yes. Pine and Homecoming. Oh, yeah, they definitely pay it off. But I mean, like, um, this like mini storyline it's only around for like two a couple episodes right yeah yeah and um 
And basically, General Wayne's like, hey, Lois, uh, you failed your senior year of high school, so you can't go, you can't go to college. And Clark just basically is cracking up on the side until the general's like, sorry, I enrolled you at Smallville High, and you can stay with the Kents. They already said it's okay. Clark's face just drops. Because he's just like, oh, crap, I'm stuck with you. Which, again, is like, I love this relationship, how it's built, especially, like, early on, this, like, almost, like, sibling-ish. It's not, like, the right way to... It's like no, this, that, that is not a good way to compare no, it. But it's like, they're very... They play they play, they play off each other well. Yeah, they, they push each other's buttons to the extreme. Which is, like, the only way I was going to say, like, it's not... It's kind of like a sibling rivalry in a way, like that kind of a thing. Because they don't see each other in any sort of romantic way, like, at all at this point. I think it doesn't take until, like, season seven-ish that that kind of starts to, like, percolate. I want to say, if I remember right... Seven or eight. It's six and seven, or five and six, or when she's with... Oliver. Yeah, with Ollie. Then she... They have a, a on again off again or not on again off again a, like a willy won't they? Yes, they do the willy won't they? They do a couple of teases in some episodes. Maybe it's like whatever the season is where Lana marries Lex or is going to marry him because like she gets a love spell kind of thing put on her, which obviously is something that they do over and over again in the show. But I remember that episode. It's like with lipstick, and they basically like trash the rehearsal dinner. For Lana and Lex, which is very funny. But um, yeah, they play with that a bunch. So from here, we pop back into the school, and Chloe's pumped that Lois is there because she's like, hey, you can write for the torch since there's basically just me right now. She's like, oh, what happened to everybody else? It's like, actually, Clark, and like, because I think they're still like in a weird spot, right? Yeah. So we see Clark is looking at the thing to try out for the football team. And then we hear a terrible cliche thing happen, which is somebody does the, I don't, I can't do it. So like, uh, it's not like that, like that whistle. Cause there's like a hot girl. So and a cat call. Yeah. Like a total cat call whistle. And then we get this like slow motion, like hot girl walking down, which I feel like they did the same thing in the episode with like the teacher. Yeah. This these types of episodes are very, like, of their time. Yes. So, and we see that it's uh, Abby, and she says hi to Clark, and Clark's like, whoa, wait, Abby? Like, uh... And then everyone's like, wow, she got, like, some stuff done to her, so she doesn't even look like herself. And then she tells him that she changed herself because she was tired of sitting on the sidelines, which obviously this connects to Clark a lot. And Lois is like, wow, that's like really, she's like not even 18. That's like way too young. Well, technically she was like 25. (laughs) Yes. Um, And then Chloe's like, oh, I'm surprised that uh, you don't support her decision. Like, and Chloe's like, I kind of support it because like, if you want, if like there's something you can do to like change yourself, why wouldn't you? Like, if you think you could do it. And Clark's just like, yeah, she looks great. So what's the problem? And Lois is like, oh, high school is such a facade, obviously episode title, of people pretending to be something they aren't. And Chloe's like, oh, that's a good idea. Why don't you write it for the for the paper? And Lois is like, oh, yeah, I guess I could do that. And that's the journey to Lois becoming the most famous reporter in DC Comics Begins, which is kind of a group one. We'll get to it as we go through the seasons. But like, I love how they build that up in this series. So, well, <laughs> I, to, in the uh, Booster Gold episode. They literally, he, le- he sort of makes a, like, a, it doesn't sound like 
it's important. Like an important line, but he says, he, he goes, now where is the greatest reporter this town has ever known? And she comes in, she's like, and he's like, he calls her the hero maker mm. because of the whole stuff that happens with her and Superman. Yeah, because she creates, I think they almost carry it always. It's, I think we see it in um, Superman Returns specifically. What is it like? The, like why the world needs Superman or something like that. It's always the same article. I can never remember. I can't remember the name of it, but that's what they're referring to, I think. But um, so now we pop into the B story of the season that is atrocious. It starts off in a even creepier. I guess not even start. This is like the second level of it. So Lana gets a note in her locker to go to uh, to go to the new gym teacher, uh, the new gym teacher slash football coach's office. And when she gets there, it's Jason. And she's like, oh, you can't do this, blah, blah, blah. Like, you can't kiss me here. What if someone sees? And this, then, shit, this shit's illegal, yo. It, it's, I'm trying to think. If she is 18, which they're in the beginning of freshman year, I mean, senior year, so she most likely isn't. Yeah, she's most likely still 17. Which in, it provides, like, a bunch of weirdness to the show that then... Right, but, like, she's basically 17, so he's, it's he's not anything. Bit, he's a little like a couple years older. So even he's if old they, enough to be have a, some sort of degree that he could be a teacher. Yeah. So he's at least like twenty two. So there's nothing like statutory about it, except for the fact that he's a teacher having a relationship with a student. So which, Clark, which will end up that whole thing will that whole subplot this whole subplot will build up to the point where everyone expects it will build to. Yep. So. Clark burst in, and he's like, hey, I want to introduce you. And he's like, uh, Lana, what are you doing here? And it's like, oh, he's new, so they had me give Coach Jason a tour. And he's like, okay. And then he's like, oh, I want to, you know, see if I could try out. And Jason's like, uh, here's a permission slip. Get your parents to sign it. And he's just like, ugh, God damn it!" Because, of course, he's still not 18, so he can't do it himself. We cut to Martha telling Jonathan uh, that she's taken a management position at the Talon. Jonathan's like, do you really want to do that? You're working for a Luther again, technically. And Martha's like, you know, we have to cover all the bills since you're in a coma. Which is, like, strange that it's, like, a repeated, a repetitive story plot of, like, that they need money to pay for Jonathan's medical bills all the time. Because this is post-heart surgery, so this is the second time he's been in the hospital for a long period of time. Alright, so from here, um, Jason asks Clark for the permission ship, and Clark guesses that and he guesses that Clark doesn't have parental permission, but he lets him try out anyway. During the practice, Abby runs by, and one of the players, Brett, kicks a look at her. Um, he sees her in the hall as Lana's walking by. Brett's like, oh, I treated you so crappy in the past. Like, And they go to the showers where her necklace falls off, and they kiss. And then... Like the, it's like a very similar effect to like what happens to Clark with Kirk at night, but like through his whole face. And she's like really freaked out and leaves. And Brent kind of chases after her. And then he sees his reflection in his entire face is like rotting away. And Abby's like freaking out and runs away in a panic and gets, um, even though there's like nothing wrong with him. And then he runs out and gets hit by Lois. And then she like, and then Abby leaves when she sees and Clark obviously shows up, and Lois is like, I don't know what the heck happened. Like, this dude just, like, ran in front of my car. And they basically follow the trail, and they figure out, like, they talk to the other players, 
and they find his jersey in the shower along with Abby's necklace. So that's a very short investigative trip. And then next we pop over to uh, the mansion, the Talon. Yeah, the Talon. So Lana walks in, locks is opening the package. That man, I just at first I didn't like the uh, I didn't like these scenes, but it's starting to become sort of like the what like their relationship is starting to become. Oh, more. Yeah. Yeah, it's the kind of when you like rewatch, it's like oh, the slow build of seeing their, especially like it's pretty obvious fairly early on Lex's kind of mindset, but like seeing that there's something there. And I do love his line where she's like, oh, I'm working on a school project. And he's like, yeah, it's probably the same one that Clark's always working on. Yeah. And it's such a good line where he, it's like, yeah, he's never bought that shit. And he just kind of always lets it go. So Jonathan finds out that Clark joined the football team and Clark's like, oh, it's different this time. Like I know how to control everything. Like I would, you don't have to worry about me. And um, which this will tie into uh, episodes in the future. And he's like, um, you know, there's a difference. Like, you know, when you're in there and you want to win, you know, sometimes like, you know, what's going to keep you from like using anything that you have. And he's just like, it's not fair um, to everybody else. And then Clark kind of throws it back and says, well, like, oh, what do you talk about when you're in high school? Like all the stuff you do, like, and you got to do all the stuff. It's like, why can't I? It becomes like pretty interesting. Like they have like a back and forth, and Jonathan's like, "Crap!" Like he has a point, and it's like he acknowledges that it's unfair to Clark, but he's also like, "You're basically like it's like it's such a disadvantage for everybody else." So from here, Lana goes and visits Doctor Fine to see if she can get the tattoo removed. But Dr. Fine's like, uh, yeah, I don't know where you got this, but uh, it's not ink. Lana's like, what the shit? Um, it's actually like a brand of some sort, and it's like in underneath her skin, and that she would need a complete skin graft to remove it. And then she's like, oh, aren't you one of Abby's classmates? And you know, Abby shows up, and Lana's like, hey, I saw you and Brett hooking up. And Abby's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I was like, okay, I'm going to like slowly back out of here. And so she leaves. Um, Abby's upset and is like, oh, what did you do to her mother? And Dr. Fine says, uh, Brett deserved it uh, anyway. And then that they'll have to get Lana out of the way since she saw the two of them. And, and basically she's like, oh, if you get, if everything gets caught, they'll stop doing the treatments and you'll return to being scabby Abby. So showing obviously that her mother is not the best human being ever. So next we go back to that B story, which is Lana and Jason sneaking around. He has a birthday surprise for her. Uh, he admits that it's weird being like this authority figure since he's not much older than the players. Um, he blindfolds her and then goes to get the surprise. When he is gone, Abby sneaks up and gives Lana her... It's like weirdly kind of poison IV with the, the kiss. Yeah. But basically, she says, like, I'm sorry, and then runs away crying. And Lana's, like, basically freaking out. And she gets kind of the same hallucination of, like, her face rotting away. And she backs into a mirror, which falls and shatters and knocks her out. And then we cut to the hospital, and Jason's at her bedside. And Lex is like, oh, um, it's really nice of a teacher to come and visit a student in the hospital. It's like, oh, I'm the one that found her. Oh, that's interesting. And he's just kind of like giving eyebrows and like, yeah, kind of basically immediately figures out that they're in a relationship. 
So we pop over to Chloe and Tar- Clark talking about Lana's condition and reports that both Lana and Brett had elevated levels of serotonin. And Chloe connects that uh, she did this stuff to Brett. And since Lana saw, like, she went after Lana. So she thinks Abby's responsible. They go to the torch and find that Lois has been researching the facility at Beachwood Medical Center. And basically that Dr. Fine has developed some medication uh, to keep serotonin levels in check. So Clark and Chloe go to find it so they can treat the two, uh, Lana and Brett. And then we get Lois is going in there pretending that she wants some plastic surgery and schedules appointment. Um, and she wants the same thing that Abby has. She ha- saw her in school. And obviously the doctor's like, um, yeah, you definitely don't need the surgery. So figures out that she's taping the whole thing. Lois goes to leave saying she'll expose her and but the doctor pulls her hair and then like jabs her with the needle and basically knocks her out and then puts her into the needle iron maiden thing and she's also in her underwear and strapped to the table and they see the thing is getting lowered down and the doctor's like i'm gonna destroy your beauty so she'll learn what abby's been through uh lois is freaking out she cannot get out but clark busts in to save her after he like pulls the machinery off, like it causes like a green mist, which is obviously kryptonite to like fill the room. So he gets kind of knocked out. Uh, but then Lois gets up and like kicks the crap out of Doctor and helps ends up saving Clark from the room. Which so this is kind of different from like most of the other characters, especially the female characters in the series. Like so, even though Clark goes in to save them, it kind of becomes mutual. Yeah. So Lana tells Jason that her whole ordeal makes her wonder if he only likes her for her looks. And he's like, no, that's it. Not it. Like, I love her for your personality. Clark gets home and tells his father that he's not sorry to disappoint him, but he's staying on the team. Jonathan tells him he understands and they make up the next day at school. uh, Chloe tells Lope that her article was well received and she should write more. I think that this is also where she makes comments about Lois's like bad grammar and spelling. Yeah, which becomes like a theme throughout like all of Lois's writing. Where, so, did this did this happen in the comics first, or in the or in the, the Downer film? I don't remember it happening in the comics because so I, I was I was reading an, episode, an issue of Heroes in Crisis, and I know and it was this type of it was, it was actually more Margot Kidder style, like in, like Superman the movie where she's how like how many letters are in. Asking how many letters or how many times one letter appears in a certain word, and that, that despite the tragedy that is Heroes in Crisis, I, that when I saw that part, I did, I did chuckle and smile. Yeah, I would assume it's from the movie first, All right, and then as we're closing out, basically we have the same kind of pep rally we did at the beginning. That Clark is in the dunk take, and um, Lois like hit, takes the football and dunks him, and then. This is like our first kind of hint, and we see like from Chloe's point of view, like, oh, even if it's not Lana, it's still it's gonna be Lois. Yeah, and Chloe's like, oh, like Lana laughing, and then like sees that they're like, you can just read the emotion on her face. Yeah, but there's like something there, and Chloe's like, Ugh. which becomes really weird because they they swap partners in the end because Lois starts off with Oliver. Yeah, and every every iteration of Green Arrow. So, like 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 live action never ends up with uh black canary yeah because in this he ends up with chloe and arrow he ends up with felicity yeah i think the arrow thing was just like 
the chemistry between those two were so was so good and, and the writing for their uh, black canary was so not and by the time they introduced the actual, the actual character it was it would was it was way past like the point where it could have we yeah. All right, well, thanks to some technical difficulties. Uh, Fucking you... Craig cut me off when I was doing, trying to do my my reading from Superman the movie. God damn it, Canadian Craig. <laughs> um, so, what would you give this episode as a grade? C. Uh, that's not too bad. Um, yeah, I guess it's like there's enough good parts in it that it's it's not terrible. I'd say the only person that's really terrible is the mom. Yeah, Dr. Fine. Yeah, she's just like not the greatest. Yeah. Yeah. Um I and I, like I really like the ending. Oh, yes, yes. A certain uh person ruins it because of current day stuff as always. Mm-hmm. But I like the whole ending with uh Lois and Clark. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely like a great kind of tease. I really do think it's kind of the best thing the show did was like how they handled them. Um, so this is also the last episode where Eric Johnson makes an appearance as uh, Whitney because he made his little cameo in the beginning. Um, a couple of little things in here is that so Lex and Jason introduce themselves despite like when we return um, for another episode, they had met each other in the past as children, but they were pretty young. So I guess they wouldn't necessarily remember that. Well, if you remember, if you like Laxwell mentions that things changed a lot after the meteor shower, and this is that they they met prior to it mm-hmm. because like it's the whole thing is a Veritas like group. So, so yeah. yeah, there's a couple of inter- interesting things in here. Um, so they obviously they at some point put the article that Lois actually wrote up online way back in the day, um, and then. Apparently, this is kind of funny, but they reused the exact scene of Lois at the computer in another episode down the line and just change what she's looking at. I mean, from uh, the pilot or not the pilot, the first episode of the season season premiere. Uh, Yes. Yeah. Like that type of stuff. Like it always I I always get like, damn, I fell for it. Like (laughs) the auto trailer for Flash, like recycled running and they show like scenes from like season one. That we later on use in season two, but it's simply just him going the opposite direction. Oh my god, that's hilarious! But like, it makes sense. To, like, yeah. save on like when you can. I didn't even notice it until I read it. So, all right, um, I give that episode like a C minus. Now, this next episode is a different story. So, as not good as that one is, I think this one's worse. So, this is episode four of season four, devoted, and so it's the beginning of the year. Lois is trying to get her situation all fixed out with Dean at Met You um, so that she can attend in the fall, which I guess would be the next school year. I don't really understand why, like, so is she trying to, like, she's trying to get herself out of school, like, now. And Clark teases her about, like, you know, because he has his Letterman jacket and he's just like, oh, how's it feel like to be, like, a super senior kind of a thing? And then the first day of practice, Clark is sitting basically on the bench like oh this is really lame uh, he wishes he's actually playing and then the assistant head coach jason t um basically notices that the players are like missing their catches on purpose when he's in and basically they're like everyone's been playing together for three years and you're just like this new guy so like they don't really care for you 
Yeah, because I went from having like Whitney. Yeah, but Whitney was also like a grade older than them. So he would have or like two grades because he was like looking at college in season one, wasn't he? Yeah, actually, yeah, you're right. Yeah, he was like a senior dating a freshman. So um, I guess Wait. Lana always liked older guys. Oh, but, snap. Uh, so basically, yeah, you're right. they had somebody there. But yeah, so Clark is kind of annoyed on the bench. He notices that one of the cheerleaders giving her boyfriend some water from a cooler that cheerleaders made for them. And then after he takes it, basically the guy is like super affectionate and does whatever she wants. And Jason's like, um, you need to go get back in the thing. And then the guy's like, uh, don't tell me what to do. Like, get away from me. Get away from my girl. And basically like storms off. And then he's like, well, okay, that happened. Can't go in. And basically Clark goes in and like his lights out. Jason's in the locker room. And then the, the dude, Danny, appears with a shotgun. And he fires at Jason, but Clark arrives, saves um, saves Jason, and then disarms Danny. I feel like, does he get shot and then, like, cover it up with his jacket? He... Or does he just, like... He shoots yep. at Jason, but Clark gets there in time to, like, block it? Yeah, it's just one of those things, like, they do this, like, all the time, then I forget which one it is. It's like, does he just, like, eat the bullets, and then it's like, well, where did the bullets go? Or did he, like, heat vision the bullets? Well... No, no, he he's getting ready to fire. He doesn't actually fire. Clark just gets there in time, like, and disarms him. Okay, so yeah, Clark disarms him before he can get a shot off. Yeah. So he obviously gets arrested for attempted murder. So which that is not going to go well on his permanent record. Yes. <laughs> so Lois and Clark meet Chloe at the torch, and Chloe's like, ask Lois uh, to go to the hospital to interview Danny because he has like no idea what the hell happened. But she's like, she's too busy. She asked Clark's to interview Coach T, but he's like, that's a little weird since, like, I, uh, he's my coach. And he's with my former flame. I, does he know that yet? No. Uh, yeah. He finds out in this episode, I believe. So Chloe's like, oh, like, since you joined the team, you're really never at the torch. So Chloe's kind of sad, um, but she doesn't, like, push on it because there's been, like, a lot of weirdness with her and Clark over the whole, like last season. So she's just kind of annoyed at him that like becoming the star court, like, you know, that this is basically what you did the first, like your freshman year and you're kind of Son doing of a bitch. <laughs> what happened? The fucking war is start- starting again. Oh, someone's setting off some fireworks on Memorial Day. I hate fireworks. Seriously, if I could, I could just, I would, if I had the opportunity to, to kill the person who created fireworks, I would. I hate them not that much. Well, that would have been several thousand years ago in china oh no i just made myself racist um so basically um i'm trying to oh my god i lost my place so um basically she's like annoyed at it clark and lois notice all the players are like super weird with the cheerleader girlfriends and then when they go into the locker room clark sees that there's like a big ass box and basically lex bought the entire team jerseys um and then lex is there and he basically says, you know, he tells Lex, like, you can't buy my friendship back, which this is one of my problems. Like, I get that they have to do this eventually. I just think at this point in the, like, the the series, Clark just comes off very, like, petulant to Lex. Like, yeah, it seems, like, really undeserving. It's like, dude, he did everything he could to save Chloe, and he did. Like, none of this is his fault at all. And there was, like, one day on a plane where he, like, had to get dialysis a lot that we never talk about again. 
and where he nearly killed him. <laughs> yes. But it's like, I don't know. It's like, it always comes off weird that like Clark's just like really shitty for no reason. So later on that evening, Lana laments that like she's never been happier than she is with Jason, but she wishes they didn't have to sneak around. And Jason's like, yeah, but like, I really need this job because I don't want to deal with my family. Um, which starts the whole Jason's family thing. Um, so that's why we have to keep it a secret. Chloe starts investigating the story and decides to ask Jason himself for like what might have happened with Danny to make him freak out. And she goes to him at the middle of practice. He basically blows her off. And she drinks the Kool-Aid. Yeah, she's just bored and sitting and she drinks it. And she sees Clark on the field and suddenly she's super devoted to him. And we get something that we've seen multiple times before in the series and will again. Lana's also Even, at the, Eve all the way to season 10. Yeah. Lana's also at the practice watching Jason. Um, Clark thinks she's there to support him. And he's like all kind of pumped and goes to the stands to talk to her. Jason drinks from the cooler and sees Clark talking to Lana. And then he gets like creepy and stuff. Uh, Lana or Lois goes to find Chloe at the torch. And she's taking down the wall of weird for the 15th time. <laughs> she asks what's up. And Chloe says she's quitting the torch. So she could be fully devoted to Clark. And she asks Lois to take charge of the paper so she can work on her relationship with Clark. She's like, yeah, that's why it never worked out because I never fully devoted myself to him. I was so much more concerned with this other stuff. I Lois can't have is, a lot. I, I don't need to have a life. I have to yeah. become a stalker. So Lois is like, all right, you're starting to be weird. You're like being really weird and you're setting her, yourself up for a heartbreak. And Chloe gets really pissed off at her. Lois goes to interview the cheerleaders because she needs the credit to graduate. She overhears them talking about like a chemistry paper, uh, chemistry paper on love molecules. She decides to investigate. Uh, later on that night, <laughs> Clark goes to his loft. And like 15 other times before, there is a random... <laughs> a random encounter by a woman throwing herself at him. This time it's Chloe for like the third time. I feel like I believe so. And this time she's wearing nothing but his football jersey. So <laughs> she tells Clark that she's totally devoted to him. That like all her time and energy is going to go into him. She jumps on top of him and kisses him passionately. Clark's like, this is super weird. Chloe's like, nope, nope, nope. And he does the one thing that most people in that situation would not do. Goes to his mother for, for advice. Yeah. So Clark's like, yeah, but he just like leaves her there. Like he doesn't take any advantage of it because he's the Boy Scout. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, Clark goes and talks to his mother the next day that like Chloe's been like really aggressively like throwing advances at me. And she's just like, oh, you need to be honest with her, Clark, that that's not how you feel about her. And then he goes to Jonathan about what Jonathan knows best football. Yeah. And it's like, oh, why don't they like like me? And Jonathan's like, you just need to earn their trust, which Okay, um, so we cut back to school and Jason summons Lana to his office and invert and just immediately starts making out with her. And Lana's like, dude, what the hell? Like, like, we got to keep this on the DL. And Jason's like, oh, uh, can you come to practice? Because I just want to see you. Just and, having you there. Is yeah, just all I need. I just need you to see. You just need to be there. Just got to be there. Yeah. So Chloe appears at the practice. It's actually kind of like sad for this character but yeah. like wearing like a homemade cheerleading uniform and then of course like Clark's at the thing he drinks the water and basically like collapses on the ground or the, the drink and is like feeling really gross he asks Jason to sit out because he doesn't fit, uh, feel well but Jason's like no 
get in there and then he actually like take doesn't he talk to like the other players to like like why don't you light him up or something like that yeah they're like we don't like him yeah like, oh no he calls him fair game because most of the time in practice you're never allowed to hit the quarterback um so he's just like nah he's fair game light him up yeah and basically Clark just gets to shit kicked out of him on the field while Chloe's like jumping on the sidelines like a crazy maniac <laughs> so Clark yeah, is that's like, something that pays off yeah Clark is like lying in there stein and notices the chillier are carrying the cooler away and then makes the connection that there's kryptonite in the sports drink I can't remember. Does he is he like sweat it out or is he like spit it out? I don't remember because well. they definitely start to make references that like he can sweat out kryptonite stuff later on. I don't know if that's like happens yet. So later on, we're back at the loft. I uh, think I think that may be it because like when I was I, watching, I think he sees it drip off of his forehead, like and it's green, and he's like, "What the shit?" Yeah, because I was like, I was watching an, like a later, later down the line ser- of the series uh, clip with or the trailer for uh, Metallo's entrance into the series, mm-hmm. and similar type of thing. Yeah, so Clark's at the loft. He's icing his whole body, which is like new to him because he still has kryptonite in his system, which is kind of interesting. That like I guess it's such a low dosage that's just kind of making him normal. And yeah. then we see a hooded figure show up who's like furious and is like stay away from my girlfriend and starts beating him up with a bat i believe um he realizes that it's jason and he's like i don't even know what the hell you're talking about and clark does his panda clark move which is he i think he kicks him and then he like falls all like he goes through the rail of the loft uh like shows up and like scares him off clark has like he's like i have no idea who and why that happened um oh this is where it actually happens this is where he notices the like the uh the the it's like getting it, out of his system yeah slowly but surely it's coming out yeah it's coming out instead of having him instead of him having a bloody nose it's basically the same thing but it's like kryptonite juice um and basically he's like hey can i tell you about something important and basically because lex got the attacker away clark's like sure and he's like here's the file and everything i had on him but clark is skeptical and he's like i really value your friendship i really really want to repair it I forgot which episode it was, but I feel like you're going to talk about something I think about too. Is like when he tells Clark that like he's his like moral compass and he doesn't know what he would do without his friendship. No, like, it, it, it was the episode with um, where it, it the episode ended with him saying, "Oh, our friendship is going to be the stuff of a legend." Oh yeah, that's like the first episode, I think. I can't recall it right now, but I just love that they wrote they clearly uh, call back Lex to that. That and they gave Lex the best lines like the whole having powers beyond those far beyond those immortal men like he should he says that exact thing in the and uh, actually this season when he gets the uh, kryptonite ring and shoots jonathan in, in the knee which probably bleeds them more like money wise money wise like crazy and i think it's in that episode that it's solely contained in that episode god this show is weird mm-hmm. and so Back in the episode, Lois figures out that the project that the Chilliers are working on is the love molecule, and they're combining the serum with Meteor Rock, and that Ma- Mandy always has the folder with her with all the antidote and everything else. So her plan is for her and Clark to sneak into the pool party and for Clark to de- the pretend like he's devoted, which Clark does, until and Mandy gets super handsy and aggressive with him. So And then Lois grabs the bag, 
and they get away. Lois uh, leaves the study to note when she's attacked by Chloe, who's still under the influence. Is basically like, first it was Lana, now it is you. Like, uh, everyone's always like taking his attention away. Um, and then Lois basically like, I feel like she like kicks her, and Chloe like burns the back of her head, kind of a thing on like the boiler room in the basement or something. Yeah. And then she's like, huh? Wait, what's going on? Where am I? And this is when they realize that he, again, why Clark was like kind of sweating before, like is what counteracts the stuff. So Chloe and uh, Lois interrupt Clark and Mandy hooking up. Mandy realized that Clark was pretending and she gets mad and basically is like summons the football players. And this, like, this could be, this could be like the way it went up, like when I was watching it earlier, the way she summons them. It felt like the because it could be because I'm playing too much of Yakuza. It feels like when uh like there's a certain scene in the game where you where something like you, waves and waves of of people start coming to try like kill you. It just was like ah. Mm-hmm. So Clark is just like um, they're kind of fighting them off. Lois beats one by kicking him, and then Clark heat visions a steam pipe that happens to be in like the gym like the weight room and it cures everybody. It's a, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Steam pipe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like the, the film term, but it's like, it's not Chekhov's gun. It's the, um, what do you call it? It's like, the, it's like a deus ex machina type thing. It's like, Oh, there just happens to be a steam pipe here. Like, why is there a steam pipe in this room? But he does that cures them. Uh, and everything's kind of solved there. Lex brings Clark to the secret room and he shows him that he had the, Porsche crushed and promises to like never pry into his life again. Clark appreciates it and asks Lex to do him a favor. And Lex is like, sure. And it's also like, Lex also bought you some jerseys and saved your life basically this week. So sure, he could definitely do you something else. And but I do love that Clark's response is Lois. Yeah. (laughs) Which is how they like, it is a very good out that like, this is how he gets like Lois out. Because I do like in this first season, like, it would be weird for her to just be there the whole time, but I like that she's there for the first four episodes, then she's gone for a chunk, and then she kind of comes back and forth. So Jason apologizes for attacking Clark. Clark's like, I don't have any f- bad hard feelings, it wasn't your fault. And then he and asks... Then, yeah, this is the part where we get where we get the reveal. Yeah, or, the, and, or the reveal for the Clark and... Yeah. So Clark is like, uh, who's the girl? Who's his girl? And Jason's like, I honestly have no idea. Like, he's just like, I don't really have any memories. And it's like kind of bullshitting. And Clark's like, okay. And then Clark goes with the team. They work together and they score and they win the game. Clark and Chloe later on have like a weird conversation about like her feelings. And he's like really honest with her, which he takes his mom advice. And it's like, look, I know we've had some things in the past, but honestly, like you're my best friend and I just don't feel about you like that. And she says that she already knew this um, and she kind of like takes it in stride but and just to put it behind them but you know she's is really hurt um, yeah they're like I know I, I bring it up because it's my favorite episode of the series uh, Homecoming there's a line when uh, Brainiac is showing is taking Clark on his it's a wonderful life type thing they take she goes when they get to when they go back to the to the uh, reunion Mm-hmm. The punch woman, or the woman serving punch, is talking about all the different. Is it like talking about Lana and Chloe? Like with La- uh, like with Chloe, it was like 
they had the whole best friends with the with the hope of summoning war. Yes, that perfectly sums up their relationship. Yeah, which is funny because it's like kind of it's the yeah it's that's exactly what it is. It's, it's the hopes like, of Chloe that it could. It yeah, would, she's friends. She's friend zoned. Yeah. Which so basically, her their conversation ends with Clark's like, but you know, I have been a dick about the paper, so I'm fully committed to it, and I will like continue to do what I said I was going to do. Clark gives her a kiss on the cheek. Chloe leaves. Lois comes up and is basically like, "Hey, I got into met you. Everything is figured out. I'm out of your hair now." And then before she leaves, um, she's basically like, "If you break Chloe's heart, I will kill you." And he's just like, "I like, what do you want from me?" Like, yeah, it's like kind of just what, ended what, there. Did someone curse me? <laughs> so that's the end of this episode. Um, I did not realize that. I thought Jason made it um, a little bit longer as the coach, but I guess he only makes it like three episodes as the coach at the school. Despite having like his thing in his video or his like thing in the credits, opening credits being him like yeah. doing the sort of Black Panther uh, <laughs> thing where he he's like, yes, puts like in like, but he's like doing the Black Panther move- movement. Like mm-hmm. uh, the other thing, I'm going to bring, like, we're gonna, probably going to talk about it later on, but actually, no, I think I'll just wait till we get to the actual episode. Yeah. So, there's, like, not really anything kind of, like, super interesting. There's some actors who appeared in, like, other episodes as other characters, um, but nothing, like, major really going on. Uh, Lois does say Shazam in this episode, which, you know, Billy Bastion and kept their version of Captain Marvel. Um, but... This was right? back before, yeah, back when... They were allowed to like before the whole lawsuit. Yeah, well, I don't think they can still use Captain Marvel. They just choose not to at this point because there's like and most and people it, don't even know him as that because they just know him as the Shazam saying anyway. Yeah, and like mo- the, the majority of people who co- know of, know of him as Captain Marvel are either hardcore fans or people who read it when they were kids in like the forties and fifties. Yeah, because even did the TV, that weird TV show in like the seventies or no? It wasn't like the no, it was seventies. Seventies. Was yeah, it Captain it, Marvel or was it called like Shazam? I want to say it was Captain Marvel. Yeah, I think it was. There's like it's on the DC app, and I have to look because I know like that was like oh strangely like a show that I know my dad watched because <laughs> um, his really? cousin talk, yeah because his cousin talked about it like. Okay, it was uh, just some, oh no, it was something just titled Shazam. Yeah, because they always joked about it at Thanksgiving when he was like living with his aunt and his cousin. That like they were obviously like it was also like they were way too old. But like after partying on like a Friday night, that like he would wake him, he would wake up uh, his cousin because he would just hear Shazam, like, and it would just piss him off. I was like, oh, I never knew when that show was on. But I was like, I always assumed it was like in the seventies. Yeah, 74 to 76 or 76, 79 or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this this episode, it's it's not great. Besides the Lex stuff, it's really just not good. It's more like abuse of Chloe, the Chloe character. But Lois doesn't really get to do a whole much in here. She gets the kick butt a little bit. Yeah, what what she what little like stuff she's given, she can just knocks out of the park. Yes. And it's just like, I don't know, like again and it's just like these two episodes are just like very for a season that like there's a lot going to be going on. A lot of has, for, a lot of setting up. Yeah, and there's lots like, of yeah, yeah, like high highs. Like 
This even, is a low, low. Yeah. It's just like, not only even like, it's, it's just that it's like mostly it's bad because it's boring and it's very season one. Which every, like after season three, we just, like everyone, people were hoping it'd be better. Yep. Which is funny because our next pair of episodes are two of the highest points of this episode, I would say. Oh man. Next, uh, next episode is my favorite episode. Yeah. Like so one, it's like one of my, it's like top 10 in my, yeah. like in my top 10 of the series. So this episode, uh, devoted, I give a C minus as well. And then I don't even know, like everyone, like nobody's good in this episode. Like only, I would say Lois and Lex are the only people that are like really delivering. Um, I don't know. Do you have a grade before we move on to preview the next two? D. D. All right. Um, so our next two, we get our, I'm trying to think this is our second version, like a live action version of the flash ever. Yeah. Yeah. So we had the nineties kind of Tim Burton-y esque run with, um, that was really good. In with, uh, with John, John Wesley ship. Yeah. Um, which is also in the DC app. Uh, I kind of I need to like check that and out with the catch up on TV. Who and that and that character briefly, briefly, like seriously, and like a snap is in was in uh was brought back in the continuity. Oh, the, the like the Arrowverse, yes, yeah. Well, I do love that they've had him be like several different characters. So like, I think he's just like this universal constant. Um. So, but this is not. Barry Allen, although we get a tease to that in the episode, we are introduced to Bart Allen, our first of our Smallville Justice Proto, League. Proto Justice League. Yes. And um, so it is an interesting episode. It does open up a whole bunch of things um, into the especially that beat that subplot that I, again, I keep I can't remember. It's more like a it's not a subplot. It's like a parallel plot that's happening um, that ties in that becomes the A plot soon enough. Um, but it's a great episode. And then our second episode is one of my favorite episodes because it's, um, Glover just doing some amazing work and, and then, showing off his range. And we also get Marco Kidder. Yeah. Was this the last appearance of her on the show? I think so. I do not. I think she passed away before the third one. Oh no, she only passed away. No, they just didn't use her again. Um, she appeared in, yeah. I, oh no. This is her last one. Yeah, because yeah. they, they kill her off this season. Yes, and she dies in, like, the second to last episode. But it's, like, done so terribly off screen. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, the fa- we found a I body. Mean, we just see, like, legs, like, sticking up out of, like, comically sticking up out of the ground, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I actually uh, watched the episode, the episode's titled Run. It got, it's gotten to the point where I've, like, watched, would watch the episode so much, even, or if I didn't have time to watch the full episode, I'd watch the last like five minutes or the last few minutes would be, which was the race. Oh yeah. It's good. The effect is not the best, but like the relationship yeah. that they create is so well done. Um, oh, I mean him, uh, the two of them together and yeah, it, that, he, he becomes like another, which is what they kind of always do, which is like a pseudo baby brother. Yeah. And I was looking to see, it's probably better for next episode. I was like, Oh, I wonder what this kid ever went on to do. Oh my God. I, I, I literally went back and, like after the episode, after I first saw this episode, and I was like, oh my god, he's in this. He's in this as well. Oh my god, yeah, he's in Walking Dead. Uh, he was in Dear White People. He was also um, main character or sort of main character on uh, Veronica Mars. Oh, was he really? Yeah, he was. Uh, 
Oh, he was on CSI New York for the entire run. Interesting. I did not know. He was on The Shield? He, yeah, he's done a lot of good. He's actually, he's one of, like, he's just like Justin, like, oh, like Justin Harley. He's yeah. going on, he's done stuff before, he's done stuff after. Yeah, he's been on some pretty big shows. Like, big, big shows. Like, Big Love was a big show, The Shield. And he was, like, recurring. Like, uh, he was in, like, a couple, like, it looks like a season or two of Big Love. And he was in a recurring in The Shield. Uh, looks like he was a recurring or a cast member of CSI New York, which was, like, five years. He was only on one episode of The Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah. But, like, he's been in, like, a bunch of other shows. He did a voice for Far Cry, see? Far Cry 5. Yeah. I'm trying to see Outsiders. Is this... What is this show? I think this is about a... I think Outsiders is about, like, a biker gang or something. And he's one of the leads in it. Yeah, after, and the funny thing, after the series ended, I like I, would, I follow like certain character, like actor actors or actresses that play like de- like mm-hmm. comic char- characters, like the actress who played Zatanna. Oh, I don't even remember what she did. She what was she on. Like. She was on uh, that. I forgot. I think it was a a and e uh, like prison show, like where like breaking out, like escape artist. I think is the name. Okay, no, I don't remember that. I will probably see it when we end up. Doing her episode was it like season nine that she's in? Seasons she first appears in some like either season seven or eight, and she recurs from then on. Okay, but not to the extent of Lois in in, in this in the show. She like comes in every every so often. All right. Well, I don't want to talk too much more about this episode because that's for next week. But um, so the um that kind of does it for this week we will catch you guys in the next episode don't forget to check out all of our other podcasts every thursday and now comics check out the you know if you're listening to this you're listening to the phantom zone stuff we just did the third x-men movie which is not good um not the worst comic book movie that's still supergirl so far to me no uh, there's i mean it's not it's not technically or it's technically it's it's an original idea like i the um, there was a Captain America movie made in like the nine the seventies or eighties. Oh yes, I know which one. It's the one. Um, uh, there's a podcast into that re- that it's their first episode of their show, and then it was featured in How Did This Get Made? It's um, Red Brown, I think, isn't it? It's the yeah. one where he's in like a rubber suit. Yeah, and he keeps stealing things from people. Yes, um, not as opposed to the other Captain America movie. Where the Red Skull is like Italian and then gets like face work. <laughs> yeah. It's a different movie. Um, that's like the 90s one, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. And then you have Los Haro Games, and we also have Legion of Tune that's part of Los Haro, which will have a new episode this Thursday, which we watched Loving Vincent, which was really interesting. And then after that is your pick, which Code is Monkeys. Code Monkeys. And then for and, Los Haro Games. I still have no idea. No, no one's gone back to me on whether or not we're doing the whole thing. I would just watch the whole thing. I'm already like halfway through the show. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, It's it's a very easy watch. Yep. Um, This is probably the fifth time I've watched the whole series. Um, And then that's kind of a good segue into Lost Horror Games. You have uh, E3. E3 is going to, it's going to be next week. And our start, the coverage is, I mean, we're start we're writing stuff, still writing stuff to go out like to to put out next week before everything officially starts and every year i i dread having to write anything but now i'm just it could be my 
I don't know how I don't know what's causing it, but I'm just like feeling very like I, as soon as I touch my keyboard, I'm just in, like met writing for hours. Mm-hmm. It's the whole once you start once the train starts rolling, it's hard to get to get it to stop. But yeah, uh, the most recent episode will probably be up either by the time this is up or the day after or Wednesday. Yeah. I I talked about my return to my or me going back to playing Star Trek Online and gushing about how great it is compared to the console version. Uh, I talked about Star Wars re- going up 15 to 16 levels in Star Wars Old Republic in one day. Oh, wow. Uh, I talked about my first time, my history with, or I talked about Yakuza Kwame, and my, and both them and I talked about how we both played, we didn't, we jumped in at like the, the not the best points. Like, I, I the first version, the first Yakuza game I played was ironically a zombie the zombie one, and I thought I'd enjoy that more because it was like a shooter and stuff. I'm enjoying the uh, Yakuza Kwame more. Uh, Emmett talked about stuff from Momocon. It's like a bunch of games that ha- either haven't come out yet or are still in like beta. So, all right. Oh, and I just want to pimp some some stuff or two some uh, stuff that's going to be going up. Yep, no problem. On lasara.wordpress.com Graydon's top 10 of PAX East will go up, is going up but when this goes up, hopefully. And then the next day, the next LHD roundtable, which is the best spinoff game. Oh, that's an interesting concept. Yeah, so I ch- I chose Halo 3 ODST because... It's one of the best Halo games? It's one of the best Halo games. It's the only Halo game where... There's no Spartans. There's no Master Chief. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Oh, and and I, I won't say what Graydon and Josh talked about or wrote about, or about, or I don't know if Emmett, and like Emmett, hopefully will be contributing, even though he's on like a two day <laughs> deadline. But uh, Graydon's top ten. He talks about my friend Pedro, which is that crazy bullet time looking game on this, this, that everyone is freaking out about, and hopefully our. The LB LB the show nineteen co-op review will be out soon. All right. So well, make sure you guys check that out at losharrow.wordpress.com. Don't forget to subscribe to all those things, all the podcasts on there. Uh, go to YouTube, subscribe, hit the little bell so you get notifications. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, all the places. Don't forget to leave a review on iTunes. Uh, five stars it really helps us all out, and tell some friends. Share the share the shows. Social love. Alright, so we will catch you guys next time. I'm Lou Gonzalez. And I'm Alan Muir in the Sparkle of the Truth. This is the Mirror.